When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings. Welcome to Dang That's Weird. I'm Spencer Worth Davis. And this week we are talking with singer, songwriter, all around great dude. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Lydia Liza. Lydia, how's it going? Dude, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Thanks I'm for being here. I'm super excited. Um, so yeah, the way this works, we basically have one question. Okay. Which is, what is the weirdest or one of the weirdest things you've ever experienced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can define weird however you would like. For sure. Well, today I'm going to tell you about the first time I ever was, well, the, when I was diagnosed with my heart condition. Okay. When your body does something so different than what you're used to, that's definitely like very weird. Yeah. You know, that's just like a really, we, I don't know. We have like a certain baseline. I think that you don't know that you have yeah. until it changes exactly and yeah such is life you when know? you suddenly become aware of a part of your body that you were previously unaware of or at least didn't need to actively be aware of yeah that's a weird it's some weird scary shit. feeling yeah yeah all right so what uh, when did you become aware of this new this, thing this new deal so i was i what age are you seventh grade 12 13 13 somewhere? probably I, I think I was like 13, is. 14, right around there. It might have been eighth grade. Um, I was sitting in my Spanish class <laughs> and it's so funny how these like mundane things become like pinnacle moments when like a weird thing is happening, but like a core memory. Yeah. yeah. And like all of a sudden that is like technicolor, these yeah. like weird stages of this thing. So I was in Spanish class and around this time in my life, I think I was like, finally becoming aware of how just anxious of a person I was too. Cause you're waking up to yourself, I think between like 14 and 16, especially. Yeah, for sure. And so I was in class and I was always pretty anxious at school in general, but someone had taken my calculator that I just got and I hate math and hate all that. So I was just like, <laughs> no, don't do this. And, they started playing hacky sack with my calculator and it, and then they dropped it. This is all just leading up to this moment where I bent down to pick up my calculator, like stop fucking with my calculator. And I stood up in the entire world, just like tunnel vision. My heart started pounding, like okay. going so fast. My entire body was moving and I was like, I am de absolutely dying. Like, there's nothing I've experienced like this. I think I'm absolutely dying. So uh, I went up to the Spanish teacher. And I said, I think I'm dying and I need to go to the nurse because I 
think this is it for me. And then this, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah. I, I'm this classroom and this planet. I just gotta, it's my time. Yeah. And I remember one of the, uh, the guy who had been playing hacky sack with my calculator came up, put his face to my chest. and was like, can I feel like, just like so weird. So Dude, that added this extra level. Middle schoolers are the worst human beings. Absolutely. Be Literally. And we, we all are, I'm sure. But yeah. there's no worse person on the planet than a sixth to eighth grade boy, especially. Yeah, yeah. It's all action, no thought. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally, just like. All hat, no cowboy. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, I don't know. And I was, I was like too freaked out to be offended. But I remember thinking about it later, like. Dude, that was so stupid. But also, I would have been curious, too. So I had compassion <laughs> for the moment. But so I go to the nurse's office and I remember I had my mom and I shared a cell phone at the time because, like, I was too young to have a phone yeah. at that time of life. I think it was like 2008 or something. And uh, so I call my mom on the cell phone from the nurse's office and I'm like, you got to come get me. I'm dying. Like, I'm sorry. I didn't want to do this today. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> it's not how I imagine Spanish class would go either, mom. Yeah. So but here I, we are. <laughs> the nurse was got mad at me for using my cell phone. And I was like, bigger fish to fry, miss whatever. I remember that sensation. I, don't, I never thought I was dying in middle school, but I remember that sensation so often in school of teachers or authority figures just having zero perspective seriously of like we must follow the rules at all times because they are the rules yeah. without any awareness of like the situation like no nuance just no no nuance no situation situational awareness dude just, yeah it says on this list we do these things so under all circumstances we do these things that's so interesting i wonder like i feel like that has changed since like i feel like i hope so I, the teachers that, like my younger sister, who's going to be 20 this year, she had really compassionate, really involved teachers that cared about like the whole student. You That's know? good. I'm Which, glad that that is changing. Yeah. I think we had, you and I had kind of like a, kind of like, I feel like Gen X had to raise themselves and like parents weren't involved and everyone was kind of rule following. And then it like took a while for things to be more malleable. Swing back the other way a little bit. Because we had such a crazy, like, hardcore system, economic system, everything. People were just, like, going along with it. Yeah. You know? I don't know. But... Anyway, so you're dying. So I'm dying. The nurse is pissed that you're on the phone. She's mad, and, I'm, and <laughs> she's convinced it's just a panic attack. Which and, is still not good. Right? Like... Literally... Still probably deserves some attention, adult in the room. threatening yeah. You know? Like... Panic attacks can be horrible. Especially the first time, and especially if you're 13. Like, Literally. Even if that's what she thought was going on, she probably should have been trying to help you. Dude, seriously. <laughs> that's Yeah, so whatever. I don't think I ever spoke to her again. Like, I'm 99% Reasonable. sure. So, I, um, yeah, mom comes. She's sobbing. I, I remember sitting in the chair, and I can't explain to you what it felt like to have like every time my heart was beating and I kept trying to count it, but I couldn't really because it was going that fast. Mm -hmm. But my body was like vibrating, like literally moving back and forth. It was insane. So we go straight to the ER and uh, they start taking my vitals and it's like two seconds of trying to take my vitals. And then all of a sudden there's a wheelchair whipped out for me and I... 
going to the crash room and they burst oh. through the doors and they yell, uh, we got an SVT, which I found out later was my diagnosis, which I will expand on the name later. The but the so only we, thing I know is SVT is the, the, the base amp. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's exactly, we got an SVT. Sick, bro. <laughs> Time to rip, bro. Uh, so... They bring me back. There's no time. I don't remember being changed into a gown, but I was. Like, they just, like, throw your clothes off, yeah. get you in the gown. And then all of a sudden there were there were 12 doctors in the room all around me. There were students. There was—because this was exciting. Like, this was exciting for the students there. Bro, check it out. This this kid's dying. Dude, you're get not going to believe this Hurry shit. Hurry up. She's almost out of here. It was insane. And I remember, like, when we were in the car on the way to the ER, of course I was like, this could be it. But I think this is where my, like, zen attitude for things started to develop. Because I was just like, I've had a good life. <laughs> these last 13 years yeah, i've had good. a good life you know good. there's really no problem whatever like i got out of spanish class early yes i was just feeling like i'm never gonna have to do math again lit that actually <laughs> occurred to me i i yeah it was just kind of like this radical acceptance yeah. really formed in that moment and my mom was crying and i'm just like mom it's okay like this has been great. Like, you know, I've, it's okay. So in the crash room, there's 12 doctors. They're around me. I've got all this stuff all over me. And the EKG machine, it literally was just up and down. Like beep, 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 beep. My heart rate was 250 beats per minute, which is like. I didn't know that was possible. Literally, it can go up from like 180 to 250, The your heart rate, when you're having an SVT attack. And sorry, what is SVT? Superventricular tachycardia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, I find out all this later, but... what? Well, sorry, I got ahead of ourselves. No, it's fine. How long does this... Like, how long was your heart rate at 250 for? I can't Probably imagine like, you can sustain that for very long without either it coming actually, down or dying. It's actually less damaging than you would think. I guess you were really young, too, which probably yeah. helps. But I've read that, like, if it's a whole day, like, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that should definitely. That might not work. That should be taken care of. So. But this, it's not life-threatening, technically. How how much time passed between the first. The Spanish class. Yeah. To now. And, well, yeah. None, yeah. To now in the story. It right. It feels like a century, but it probably was like half an hour. Okay, and the I, whole time this is happening like constantly, or is it yeah, going in waves? Yeah, it's or? nonstop. Okay. It's just like my heart pounding, and yeah, I think it was like, boom, it's happening. Run up to the nurse's office, call mom. I lived so close to my junior high, so mom was there within five minutes. So it's probably half an hour. I'm in the crash room from the beginning. Okay. If I'm thinking about it logically, but when I'm not thinking about it logically, I'm like. It was half my life. <laughs> and now we're in the crash room. Half an hour of your heart beating 250 times a minute yeah. would have to seem like an eternity. It was insane. Like, I can't imagine my heart rate has ever been, uh, shit, probably not ever over 200. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I'm, if I'm doing good. the hardest physical thing I can, 
it's maybe there for like a, a few seconds. Yeah. Yeah. This is but your sustaining body. That like, is crazy. What happened with when I was conceived, when I was being formed in the womb was uh, some part of my heart was like, I'm going to take electrical signals wrong. And I'm just going to go off. And then just freak out and about it. And I'm just going to freak out. And there's two different places it can happen in your heart. There's like the outer ventricles it can happen in, or it can do, it can start where the chambers meet. Okay. Which is technically more dangerous. And what is actually happening when, or like to, when your heart rate is 250. Yeah. It's a misfired electrical signal. Like my brain gets, or my heart gets stuck in a loop. So they were able to diagnose this like right away when you walk in. Yeah. And then what, how do you undo it or how do you like reset it? I had a surgery. Right there? No, I'll tell you. Okay. So I'm on the crash table. Uh, everyone, the, my heart is beating too fast for them to get blood. So they had to try both my arms to get blood to come Ooh. out. It was wait. And then it's. Yeah. How could it be? Dude. Like it's just flying by too fast in your vein. They can't. Like they couldn't get blood for some reason. Maybe I I made that up, but. I would think you would poke a vein. It would just come flying out. It did gush when it like actually happened, but they were having a lot of trouble getting like a good vein, getting it in, getting blood to actually happen. It was so weird. Okay. I think also like everyone was kind of panicking. It's like a moment yeah it was so everything felt so fast right well probably because your heart was beating 250 (laughs) times a minute it just all felt probably because you temporarily became a hummingbird yeah literally yeah so they finally like get the iv in and they my mom was in the corner of the room just sobbing she was like wait for my husband before you do anything and i was like mom it's gonna be chill this is all chill but then I heard them like firing up the defibrillators and they took my mom aside and they said, we're going to give her this medication that metabolizes quickly and resets the heart rate. But there is okay. a chance that it won't, that she will flatline and we'll need to use the defibrillator to bring him back. So that was just like a off chance. It yeah. didn't seem no one was really it didn't seem like that was likely. So the IV was so that they could get the medication. This medication in. in. Okay. Yeah. I forget I think it's called a tenolol. I can't remember the name of the medication, but what it does is it stops your heart and then brings it back to a normal rate. It just like interrupts the the signal that has gone haywire. Yeah. And, and then your body hopefully naturally resets. And if not, you get a quick, you get a quick buzz. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, that was probably one of the craziest feelings I've ever felt was watching myself flatline. So it actually did and feeling it. Yeah, I did flatline and it. F- so you went from two fifty to zero Yeah, in a few seconds or literally like, like at, at once, I guess. I remember as soon as I felt like the, you know, when you have an IV and they're actually putting something in, you can like feel it. Yeah. I remember like feeling the coolness. Well, and it's going through you three times faster than it should be. Yeah. And then I felt like I used to describe it like being on a roller coaster, like on that drop. That's the adrenaline rush 
you do end up getting when your heart like starts again. But this thing that's constantly moving in your chest, all of a sudden not moving. That's got to be. It hurts. Really? Yeah. It like actually physically hurt. It felt like my heart was going to drop through my back. Like my whole body felt like it was uh, deflating or like impacting in on itself. I got to imagine that is like if your body were a sentient thing, I mean, it is, but like your organs. Yeah. That's got to be like the one thing you're trying to avoid. Literally. (laughs) Like at all costs. Yeah. Keep the heart going. Right. Keep the lungs going. Like that is a sensation that we should not ever feel. Yeah. And that's, it felt like a transgression in some ways. Yeah. Like, it felt like I felt something that I don't, it, this feels like one, like such a core memory into developing me into the person I am now. Cause I really felt like I saw something you just like, I feel like I got lucky in some ways. Yeah. Well, and I think anytime a memory is tied to like a physical sensation. Yeah. It's, it's like a lot. 10 times. Realer. Yeah. It's a lot stronger for sure. And that's about the most intense physical sensation and experience you can have combined into one seriously yeah it was totally wild i don't suggest doing it (laughs) you know like if you can if you can keep your your heart going but it also it was really really cool to have that feeling so did it restart on its own or did you have to do the they didn't have to buzz me it flatlined for probably Again, it felt like eternity, but it was probably more like two to five seconds where I was actually like beep. And are you fully conscious that whole time? I was fully there. Yeah. And I was watching the monitor, watching like beep, 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 beep. So it it didn't like gradually slow down and you just go from 250 to zero? Yeah, pretty much. That's what I remember. Yeah. It might have been more gradual, but... I just remember feeling immediately like my heart is not moving and then feeling like I was going to suck myself into a void and then like popping back up with this crazy rush of adrenaline. And then my heart rate was like beep, 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 beep. I was like irregular for a while. Yeah. It was like probably under 20 seconds of irregularity. And then I was pretty tired and I, (laughs) (laughs) and they just like moved me to another room and I was just drinking some water and my parents were like, that was crazy. And I was like, that was crazy. Bro, you were dead. Dude, you were dead for a second. (laughs) And then the doctor came in and just like, let me know that I had supraventricular tachycardia and they prescribed me a beta blocker, which I guess is sometimes used for like performance anxiety too. I still don't necessarily understand exactly what they do, but it was what I would take whenever I felt like I was about to have an attack okay. or like during it, it would slow my heart down or I would sometimes I would just take it if I was experiencing like major anxiety or something. Yeah. Cause that's a huge trigger for SVT is just, I, I was going to ask, how do you know, or how could you sense that you were maybe going to have an, a- have an attack? Yeah. I, it rarely actually fully happened. I think I had maybe like four or five real attacks from 14 to 25. Okay. Or yeah, 14 to 25, where it was like 
one time I had it on stage and like literally had to get off the stage and miss part of my show and like the other times just play everything just, double time. Yeah, I was like, the band will play jazz and I'll be back. I'm gonna play these next six songs in thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah, and I'm yeah. gonna get out of here. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> but um, yeah, I didn't have it that much, which was actually so relieving. But it, just knowing it was possible at any time, I think yeah, made me a more anxious person. Yeah, no shit. That would yeah. If you already have anxiety, knowing that at any time your heart could, could try and kill you literally probably would not help you feel less anxious no not at all in 2019 i finally got surgery to get rid of it to cauterize the ventricle that was misfiring so and that means I got a catheter ablation. So they go in through and your that means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they go in through whatever the artery is that starts like in your crotch. Okay. I can't remember what artery that is. I certainly don't Big know. Big one. Sure. Goes straight to the heart. <laughs> so they make these tiny little incisions and send up this thing that's like I I'm going to burn it. And it <laughs> <laughs> I was totally. So it's going, there's something small enough that it's going through your artery. Literally. Yeah. Okay. And I was awake for this whole surgery too. And I actually didn't want medication at all. Cause it was all like fentanyl or like, mm. you know, things. And I was like, just, I'm an addict. Yeah. <laughs> I'll love that. <laughs> Don't I will love that. And it will be real bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's just for pain or what? No, it's because something is happening to you. So it's like to just calm you down. Oh, you know, so when they got in there because it's got to be a a really small incision, right? Yeah, it's tiny, tiny. I don't think I even was scarred. Um, They usually can get it done with just one incision and then going up and they cause you to have an attack and then they source like where is it misfiring and then they buzz off that part so wait, is there like a tiny camera or something too or like how yeah. are they seeing it was like what a, they're doing i don't know it was up on a big tv and so they're putting a little like a tiny camera through your artery yeah yeah i did not know that was possible i know it's cool <laughs> yeah that's awesome it was but. cool and also like the thing i was seeing on tv didn't look like my heart it looked more like an ultrasound kind of vibe mm, it looked sure. like a. I was like I believe you, but <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Can you feel it moving through your body or is it small enough that like, I've, I, I guess think I you convinced have, you, myself I could. You probably don't have nerve endings inside an artery, right? Probably not. But I felt like I could feel it when they got in my heart. Okay. And cause then they got in there and they were like causing it to keep happening. And that, that can't be elicited a, panic a terror actually yeah. <laughs> like Unders- I was, understandable which is i think why they offered like opiates <laughs> <laughs> would, you, would you prefer less terror you, yeah exactly <laughs> would you prefer to ride this out <laughs> uh, yeah it was pretty scary but um they made one incision and then they were like okay it's not going to work like this we're going to go from the other side so they made another incision i was As just in, they like, like they need to get out. to the other ventricle or something yeah they had to go some other way they were okay. like new path and they figured out that mine was happening between the two chambers like where they meet 
And when it's there, when this misfiring is happening there, I guess they have to freeze it instead of burning it because your risk of death during the procedure goes up if it's the if it if that's the placement. So I had the bad I had the bad one. And so they're freezing what exactly? The ventricle that is misfiring is was my understanding. And how does you may not know the answer to this, but how does freezing it keep it from misfiring? It can't. It's dead. It can't take oh, a signal anymore. Yeah. And you don't need that. I guess not. Okay. I, didn't, I have no <laughs> idea what's going on, but it was cool. Like, I don't know. It was a crazy feeling. I could feel them actually like buzzing off because it was slowly changing. Like the way my heart was. Right. Yeah. Doing it's reacting. It. To... And then they kept trying to make me have tachycardia over and over. Yeah. How do they do that? Sending electrical signal to it, just like just kind of like, ah. <laughs> like scaring me, yeah. Just telling Pretty you, much. telling you things that might make you anxious. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your dad's dead. <laughs> like just things like that. No, no, no. Just, just existential yeah, dread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alex Jones is your dad. <laughs> Bro, you ever thought about how big the universe is? Oh my god, just awful. But yeah, then they kept making it or trying to make it happen, and it wouldn't. And they were like, "All right, that's a success." And oh, so they were trying to got it. So yeah. they had to, they had to induce it once to see to like where, it was. where it was. Then they freeze the ventricle. Ventricle, yeah. And then try and do it again. Yeah. And if they can't recreate it, then therefore it worked. Exactly. Huh. And it's ne- I've never had it again after that. Okay. And my all I all I had to do for recovery was I couldn't do much because the if I opened up the incisions I would have bled out so I just like sat for three days I'm so glad I didn't bleed out <laughs> yeah, me too Dude, I'm so glad very what glad that very glad that didn't happen yeah but and then the yeah and then the incision just is like small enough that it's it just heals literally on its own. like less than a fingernail yeah like it was teeny 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 it was like half a finger so like no stitch or anything even just there was one stitch i okay. think in each and it was the ones that just absorb and it was just no big deal could you could you like hear anything like i'm, I'm trying to imagine yeah. the, the actual freezing part let me let me go back into my into my Although body I guess and think pretty, about it. Pretty well insulated if it's like inside your rib cage and stuff. Yeah, it was. Or could weird. you like feel like vibration or anything? No, nothing like that. It was mostly like, I guess you just become so aware of your heartbeat, like yeah. If you start thinking about it just normally sitting around, you can you can make yourself freak. Get into a weird spot, yeah, yeah. It is crazy, like how much you can change or just affect your heart rate just by thinking about it. Yeah, like I'll just sometimes look at my my Apple Watch and pull the heart rate thing up and just like see how low I can get it. Yeah, and yeah, just by like what you're thinking about or how you're breathing or whatever. You can change yeah. it like 20, 30 beats per minute. It's insane. It's such a beautiful it, thing, actually. It is wild to like remember that our brain and our thoughts and consciousness is not separate from the rest of our body. Yeah. And that was like, I think this was one of those things that tied that all together for me, too, because 
depending on the anxious thoughts I was having, I was really connected to what my heart was going to do. Yeah. So I had to like learn to start gaining skills around like anxiety or rumination or like panic attack thoughts. Right. Because I was trying to prevent that from happening at all costs because it was so yeah. uncomfortable. So you just sit around for three days doing nothing and then you're and then I was good, you're to, good go. to go. Yeah. Wild. I know. And nothing since? Nothing since. <laughs> I was in a parking lot maybe a week ago and I was like, it might have almost just happened. But I think I drank a lot of coffee that day too. Yeah. So that'll that'll get you. That'll too. get you feeling that'll pretty, get weird. Pretty fucking weird. Yeah. The other day I drank too much coffee before I went for a run. Oh brother, dude. And then not only, I mean, you know, running will get your heart rate up. Yeah. Caffeine will get your heart rate up. Yeah. Combine the two. You're gonna. And then also like you kind of just have to shit the whole time. Literally. But I do you? I or? hadn't eat. I was like, I don't want to eat before I go because first thing in the morning, I don't want to run on full stomach. Yeah, yeah. Coffee, empty stomach. Oh. Running around. Sir. And then your heart rate's already up. And then you're like, am I going to shit my pants out here? I might die. Now I'm anxious about that. Dude, there's nothing worse what than What I'm saying is pants. I basically had the same experience as Yes, here. you absolutely <laughs> did. You absolutely did. I have shit my pants. Yeah, who hasn't? I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't, <laughs> as far as I know. They're just probably lying if, if they say they haven't anyway. Well, lit- I mean, if we look at this objectively, like, we all have shit our pants. But when you think about <laughs> being like... <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm talking about childhood. Oh, gotcha. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Literally, like, mm-hmm. we just all have. But beyond five... yeah. I feel like we all have as well. I'm glad that this is where we ended up. <laughs> yeah, I know. This is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, this is probably one of the weirder things that's happened in my life. Yeah, I would, I would imagine it would have to be. Yeah. Especially that first instance. Like once you know, yeah, I got to imagine it's like, it's, it can't be good, but at Way least. Way chiller vibe. At though. least you understand. Yeah. That first time and having it happen at that age too. Yeah. That's got to suck pretty bad. Yeah. It, I remember about uh, probably that next year, I was in ninth grade. I had just started going to high school, and I had gotten some new blue pants, some new nice jeans. You shit right in them. <laughs> I shit right in them. No, no, no. I had been rubbing my hands on my pants, and then my hands turned blue. Oh, yeah. And so I was like, something else is happening to my heart. Oh, because your hands were blue? Yeah. So I just like continued to have just like hypochondria after that, really. I, I don't know how you could not, yeah. honestly. When you're like, oh, things can really go wrong. Yeah. And at that age, too, where you just don't have a lot of other context for yeah. life Anything? in general. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I like fainted. Dude, scary. Yeah, I thought I was dying for sure. Absolutely. Didn't Did know you, that didn't know that was a possibility. Dude. Until it w- very suddenly was. <laughs> and that's how it happens. Yeah. How, did you break anything? No, it was um so that day I learned that alcohol and marijuana do not that'll get you over if, the edge. Well, if I have any amount of them yeah. combined, my brain turns off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like hard off. Just, I'm done. Yeah, like 
one drink, one one puff, done. Dead. I, yeah. I can have like reasonable amounts of each of them individually combined. No good. That's insane. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't know this yeah. until until it happened. Until I was like 32 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was uh, in San Diego with my wife and we had been like hanging out all day and I had had like a five milligram gummy yeah. earlier in the day. And then we went out to dinner and then after dinner, we stopped somewhere to get a drink. And I was like halfway through my drink. Yeah. First drink of the night. Had had weed like five hours earlier. Yeah. Standing at a bar. She's there was like one seat at the bar. So she sat down. I was standing next to her. And we've been staying there for like 10 or 15 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Wasn't dizzy or anything. I, the first thing I actually noticed was I started hearing something. Well, yeah, like, uh, yeah. like sort of a, like a whooshing, like wind sound. Yeah. And then I started not being able to see things on the side of me. Yep. Yes. <laughs> and Classic. then I was laying on the floor. Yeah, dude. <laughs> How long were you out? I think it was like less than 10 seconds. Yeah. From a full upright position. Collapse. Fell backwards. And there was, what are the... You know, the like little posts with the stretchy fabric things that they pull out to make lines. Oh, yeah. Yes. I that know. was the worst description in the world. But what? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> what are those? Do those things have a name? I can't. The things that are at the airport and like movie theaters and yeah, stuff. The, the Wranglers. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was like one of those behind me that was blocking off so that people wouldn't walk behind the bar. It was like a round bar. Okay. Yeah. And you could cut behind it, but like, why they, you know, it's like the server only area part of the bar. Yeah. And so that was directly behind me and I fell like backwards through that thing. Damn dude. So I think it made a lot of noise. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> probably did. Yeah. And then as soon as I was conscious again, like I was totally fine. I was like, maybe I shouldn't keep hanging out here. Cause everyone's looking at me pretty yeah, weird. Yeah. <laughs> like we should maybe go, but I was totally fine. And I, it freaked me out though. Like I didn't, yeah. I had no idea what happened. Yeah. And so when we got home, I went to my doctor and did like full blood work and everything and everything was fine. And she was like, yeah, maybe just, uh, don't, don't do that. Don't combine those things. Damn dude. And I tried it one more time after that and managed to not pass out, but felt the exact same way. Yeah. So it's so bodies are strange. I mean, it's like the definition of taking things for granted, like taking health yeah. for granted. I'd always like when I wanted to be, I was conscious until that moment. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't literally. know involuntary unconsciousness. It's insane. Was on the table. Dude, fainting. Uh, uh, I think like a month ago, I fainted three times in a row because I was having a panic attack. Sure. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you having a panic attack and fainting. No, no, no. But the three times in a row of like. <laughs> Dude, no, that's what's so funny about this story. Like, please laugh at it because it is that funny. I I'm was just like, imagining you waking up and be like, ah, fucking fainting yeah, again. Literally, that's literally. <laughs> what I'm still here. That's literally what was happening because. So my sister was having. My sister is a diabetic. So she was actually having like. It was just me and her at home, and she her blood sugar was super high, which okay. can cause ketones, which I guess is like your blood turning to acid when you're a diabetic. That seems so bad. So I didn't expect her to be going through this. I'm home alone. I'm high as hell. <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, 
<laughs> I had just ripped the bong three times. I'm like chilling. It's Friday night. I have no plans. I'm taking and, care of myself. And now George is dying. <laughs> and then George gets home and she's like, I'm going to throw up. I feel horrible. I was like, where mom and dad? Are they going to be home soon? They're at Menards. Oh, my God. And so I'm laying on the couch pretty sure like. I was like, either she's going to die or I'm going to die. And then I was like, you got to get a hold of yourself, man. So I was like, are you good? And she was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I was like, okay, I'm going to get a glass of water. I get up. And then all of a sudden I just hear, Lydia? (laughs) I'm on the floor. I'm, I'm like... I just, this is the first time. And then I was like, no, I'm good. I'm going to lay here. And then I got up again. And then I was like, I just got to get that water collapse again. And then she's like, bro, what's going on? I was like, call 911 for the both of us. <laughs> we need some help. Buddy, we need help. And then she was like, are you okay? I was like, no, I'm sure. I'm pretty sure I'm good. I was like, I don't think this is a body thing. I think it's a brain thing. <laughs> and then, but they're connected. Yeah, dude. As we and previously established. I woke up by the sink with a glass of water in hand. So I did make it. And I did get my water. <laughs> and then George was like, are you sure you're good? I was like, I don't know. And then... I had recovered and I li- just drank the water. I like how she comes to you for help and then sudden, like within <laughs> seconds. I need help. <laughs> I know. And I remember like through, you know, over the whooshing of fainting, I heard Georgette on the phone with my parents like, Lydia just keeps fainting. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's like when you jump, like when you jump in a lake. Yeah. And your dog swims out to help you, but just keeps pulling you down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was, that was you and your sister. That literally what was. <laughs> you, yes. were, you were the golden retriever. <laughs> Seriously. And I felt so bad, too, because I was like, you were really like having a tough time, and I just made it so much worse. But then oh, I, boy. like, you can't help those things. Like, I did not know that was going to happen. I did not realize how high I was. Like, all that going on. Ha- happens to the best of us. What can you do? It just happens. <laughs> <laughs> and I fainted three times. And I have a hilarious memory from that. Yeah, like, yeah. that's awesome. And everybody's okay. And everyone's okay. And it's no big deal. And I guess now I know <laughs> not to do that <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Whatever that is. Let's not repeat Whatever it. Whatever that is is not what I want to be doing. Well, buddy, yeah. this has been an absolute joy. Dude, always. Thank you for, for stopping by. Anything uh, you would like people to know about? Be good to each other. Yeah, nice. That's it. Hell yeah. Just be as nice as possible without becoming resentful. Yes. Yeah. Hold your boundaries, but be nice to each other. Lovely. Amen. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thank you. All right, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Dang, That's Weird is a production of Duvid Media. Make sure to check out all of our amazing shows at duvid.media. If you have a weird story you'd like to share, you can send an email to spencer at dangthatsweird.com or you can leave a voicemail at 612-208-2744. Until next time, keep it weird. Duvid Media.